What it do, golf fans? Welcome back to the Turn to Arts Golf Podcast. This is Liam. Alongside me is nobody this week. Um, usually, you guys would have Jack here. Um, unfortunately, the man has no voice. Um, so you wouldn't do a lot of good on an audio podcast by any means. Don't worry. I have all of his information. Um, and unfortunately, we missed a couple of weeks just due to some unforeseen circumstances. Uh, but let me go through a little bit of a breakdown previously. Uh, we're going to start at the Fortnite. So let's go there. We're going to go back a couple weeks. I know that you guys are like, Fortnite, that was like four weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. We're just going to uh, go through it real quick. Um, Jack's Fandle or Jack's drafting's lineup was decent. Um, I think he won in the 50 50s, but not in the single entries. Uh, my drafting's lineup actually did really good, um, just for one reason in particular. Uh, for Jack's bets, he ended up going up 1.01 units on the week. He got voided on Bez making the cut because he withdrew. Justin Sub made the cut, so that was a winner. Steven Yanger, top 40, minus 150. That was a loss. Eric Cole, top 40, and minus 138. That was a win. Andrew Putnam, top 40, and Alex Noren, top 40, were both losers. And then Brendan Todd, top 40, Sahith over Cam Davis, and Steven Yeager over Maddie Schmidt were all winners. So he was up one unit on the week. Uh, my bets, Max Homa, top 20, at minus 180. That was a win. And then I had Ches Reby, top 40, and Steven Yeager, top 20. Uh, both of those were lost losses. Unfortunately, they both made the cut, so I had a chance to go three for three. Um, I'm down 1.44 units to start the year, basically. Uh, for a winner's pick, Jack had Andrew Putnam and Brendan Todd. Uh, Putnam missed the cut. Brendan Todd finished sixth. Uh, for my winner's picks, I had Doug Gim, who finished T17, and then Sahith Gala. So first week of the year, we got our first winner's pick. Um, last year I had about six second places, so it was really nice to manage to sneak out that Sahith Tagala win, kind of put a nice trademark win at the, uh, the first week of the, the year for me, get, get the season started out really well. Uh, for wildcard picks, again, we're just doing one this year. Uh, Jack had Sam Stevens, top 20 at plus 300. He finished T45. And then I had the big guns to win, Homa, Cam Davis, Justin Thomas, Earth Tagala at plus 275, and that was a winner. Um, so that was a really nice win. Um, I can go over the Ryder Cup a little bit. It was honestly uh, a little difficult to watch, in my opinion. I think with the commercials, it was tough. I think the way that, with all the drama on the American fronts, especially with, you know, Cantley and Xander Shoffley, it made it for a really interesting viewer experience. I'll just say that to say the least. Uh, Max Homa being our best golfer on the American side was not on my bingo card for the Ryder Cup by any means. I think that was extremely surprising. Um, it was very interesting to see exactly how Zach Johnson broke down pairings, though, because I just felt like it was so predictable. Um, I was quite surprised to see Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth not out there on Friday morning in the four ball and the or the four, well four ball and foursomes really really in both of them. Um, they only had them in the afternoon session. Uh, but I I also didn't know how much I loved the team breakdown of how we set up pairings. He had a lot of rookies playing together, which I guess works, but it, it just didn't mesh the way it should have out there. Um, and guys like Ludwig Auberg, who, you know, you pair him up with Hovland or whoever you, whoever you want to pair him up with, who's got the experience. Next thing you know, we're going to get toasted by whoever's that. So that was an unfortunate scene for the American side. Um, I also think the fact that the uh, matches started at like 
I think 1 a.m. Eastern time or 1.30 a.m. Eastern time made it extremely difficult to watch much of the Ryder Cup. Usually I would watch a little bit of it when I woke up in the morning, but outside of that, it wasn't the easiest viewing experience in the world in terms of in terms of time frames. Uh, but I'm excited for when it comes back in the States in a couple of years, because I'm sure it'll, again, when it's easier to get out of the schedule, I feel like we're going to get a little bit more, more eyes on it. But when people got to wake up at three o'clock in the morning in order to watch it, I mean, you'll get Jack and I on there. Cause again, we're golf degenerates and we're going to watch anything, but the casual golf fan is, or the casual fan in general is not going to turn it on at three o'clock. All right. So we're going to go to Sanderson Farms next. Um, this was last week. Again, Jack didn't, Jack and I didn't have a podcast, but we did do um, bets and winners. Jack had some bets. I had, uh, And then we both had winners picks. Uh, Jack went s- uh, six of seven because he had a wash. Um, so he had Bez making the cut, Chad Ramey making the cut, Ludwig Auberg top 20, Steven Yeager top 40, Eric Cole top 40, and Nicholas Lindstrom over Davis Riley. All six of those were wins. Um, with how many of them have plus money? Two of the two of the six at plus money, a couple of them at minus 110, and two cuts were at minus 200. Um, his one loss was Emiliano Grio, top 40 at minus 160. And then he had Grio over Nunez and Goya. Uh, that was a wash because they all missed the cut. So he is, excuse me. Uh, he was up 3.37 units profit on the week. So now for the year, he is up 4.48 units. Um, and then for winner's picks, Jack's had, Jack had Emiliano Grillo, who missed the cut. He was going to pick Ludwig, but he kind of chickened out because I think when I had this discussion with him, it sounded like because of the Ryder Cup and the way the, way the travel was going to work for Ludwig, Ludwig Auberg, that Jack was a little hesitant on the um, – on the time frame of when he was going to get to Sanderson. Turns out it would have been a pretty good pick, uh, but would have, could have, should have. His second option was Bo Hostler, T26. Uh, for my winner's picks, I had nothing fancy going on. I picked two guys that honestly were not very high up. Um, I had Callum Terran, who finished T43, and Tano Goya, who ended up missing the cut. Um, so, yeah, no, nothing too crazy. This week, we are going to... The Shriners Children Open. This is in Las Vegas. This is a par 71, totaling 7,250 yards. Uh, last year's winner was Tom Kim. This was kind of the the last resurg, not even a resurgence, but like maybe the last like high note for Tom Kim. Because about a year and a half ago, he won at Wyndham and he had that, you know, going into the swing season, it was all, oh my gosh, Tom Kim is this new exciting toy that nobody knows what to do with. Um, and then, then he came out here and he won Shriners and then he kind of fumbled the bag is maybe the best way to describe it. Maybe not fumbled because he's still not torn. He makes plenty of good money, uh, but he just kind of sputtered after he won this. Um, but anyways, we're going to Shriners in Vegas. This course is extremely attackable. The winner is going to be somewhere in the realm of 20 under. Um, the most difficult portion of this course is the par threes. Three to four of them are over 200 yards or more. Uh, another thing though, is that this course is played at elevation. So just remember that when it comes to distance and things like that, you hear par 71, you hear 7250. realize that with the elevation in Vegas, this is like 20 minutes from the strip. This is going to play more like a 7,000 yard course. And at a par 71, you're, you totally take that. Um, the greens are going to be giant. So there's no problems there. 
And the, the only real challenge on this course is you want to stay out of these desert areas. I don't know how often you guys have played desert courses in your life. Um, if you're listening, but basically in this, in this golf course, you want to stay off the rocks and out of the cactus. That's the important part there. Um, there's a few important things to note. Um, Tom Kim and Ludwig Aberg are really kind of the top names to that are going to be in this field. I'm sure you will see them at the top of, you know, DraftKings and sports books, as well as any of the DFS options. I'm sure they're going to get picked for winners picks. I'm sure they're going to get picked for one and dones. So, all right. I'm going to run through it here and then let's get into this. What do we got for DraftKings? Um, I'm going to loop the first four guys together. We have Ludwig Aberg, Tom Kim, Cam Davis, and JT Poston. Ludwig Aberg's at 11,000. JT Poston's at 10,000. So I'm just grouping that whole range. Um, JT Poston is extremely terrifying for me at this price. Uh, this is a guy who's missed the cut here for the last five years. The other year he finished 24th. Um, and again, this is not a new version of a JT Poston that we've seen. This is the same old, same old from JT. Like, it's it's not somebody I have a lot of confidence in. I, I think, in all honesty, you have Ludwig, Tom Kim, and then like 100 feet of crap, and then everybody else in this field, a lot like how they talked about on the, you know, when they say that money ball, you got so-and-so, so-and-so, and then 50 feet of crap, and then us. Yeah, it's Ludwig Auberg, Tom Kim, 100 feet of crap, and then the rest of this field personally maybe you throw in Siwoo if you're feeling fancy but uh Ludwig's obviously been crushing it he's 12 or 13 on cuts made since he's come out um he's doing absolutely fine I think that there was a little bit of concern about him being in the moment at the Ryder Cup that was he, he had never played in a major he had never played in any high level stakes tournament outside of I guess the national championship in college but it's 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 not the same um and I'll just say that he did absolutely fine he showed zero problems um and he's got four top tens and his 13 starts already on tour so i have no qualms if you want to go to ludwig um at eleven thousand. tom kim i understand that he, he again he's not the same as he felt at the start of last year but he won this tournament last year and this course really does fit him quite well i'm very comfortable if you want to go back to him in this range um i think it makes tons of sense and again, you don't need the distance because of the elevation change. So I'm comfortable with Tom Kim. Uh, Cam Davis, it's a, it's a swing season event, so I'm cool going to Cam Davis if you want to go that route. Um, again, driving distance isn't really necessary, but he he doesn't also need that right now in order to succeed. He's done plenty of that on other, on other facets as well. So I don't mind going to Cam Davis either. Um, if I wanted to rank these guys one through four, I'm going to go Tom Kim, Ludwig Auberg, Cam Davis, JT Poston. That, that'd be my route for you. So, all right, 9K range. Um, again, I'm just going over some of the highlights at this point. I, I Since Jack's not here, we're not going to go over everybody, everybody. Um, if you just want somebody that's going to be ridiculously good on the approach side, but have a potentially the streakiest putter of all time, there's Siwoo at 9,900. Um, Eric Cole has been an entirely different golfer than what we're used to, um, especially from last year. Basically since, what, the Honda, I want to say, when he finished second, he's just been out of playing basically out of his mind in my opinion um so he's a viable option Nikolai Hoyard I I love him this week he he I want to get him into more lineups I want to get him into more DFS stuff it's it kind of weird to me because he feels mispriced in this range and I'm okay with it because so if you can get him into your lineup at 9600 in DraftKings I don't hate starting with that because you can get 
you know, four or five other guys in the, in the high eight K's low nine, yeah, three other guys in the high eight K low nine K range. And then you can get extremely dangerous from there. So I think that's a viable option with Hoygaard. Um, Emiliano Grillo, again, he's a swing season guy, kind of like Cam Davis. I don't blame you if you want to go that route. Um, Adam Hadwin is, is streaky on this kind of a course. So let me, let me pull him up here. Where's he at? So he in the last four years on this course, he's finished T10, T6, T34, and T4. Um, his top 40 odds suck. I looked at DraftKings because I was curious. Because again, four straight years in the top 34. His minus his top 40 odds are like minus 220. But if you look closely, his minus 30 odds are minus 115. And I don't hate those if you want to go to that. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. You might hear about that later. Um, so I love that about Adam Hadwin this week. Um, Adam Shanks, another guy who could be a very interesting play. Um, he's also done really well on this course in the past. T12, T3, T27, T18, and then a miscut, I think, five years ago now. Um, I, I tend to think that a lot of these guys that are fringe PGA players are very different over the course of five years. So I won't I won't really take into account too many miscuts from five years ago. Um, so I think Shanks a viable option. Um, if you want to switch it up from Hadwin. Um, so, yeah, I think that's most of the 9K range here. I'm happy with that. Well, let's get into the 8K range here. We're starting with JJ Spawn at 8,900. We're going all the way down to Mark Hubbard at 8,000. Um, Old Mother Hubbard is in another tournament. He is the top approach player in the field uh, in the last 50 rounds. So if you want to just lay heavily lay heavily on approach, um, it's it's an option. I don't always recommend it because again, Hubbard has these weeks where he'll miss three cuts, finish T five, finish T forty, miss three more cuts. He, he's very inconsistent, and I think there's a lot of better options. Um, let's see. I like Hollywood Hoagie, Tom Hoagie. Um, he's done really well at this course as well. T four, T fourteen, T twenty four, T eleven, miss cut. Again, another miss cut from five years ago. I can look past that. Um, especially from a guy who I also think is probably one of the better iron players and better approach players in this field slash on tour. Um, so I like that option around here. Um, Aaron Rise, another guy next to him. He has potentially the worst putter in terms of consistency on tour. Um, but again, these are big greens. So it's going to be really shaky to know who crushes this week with the putter. Um, you have last week's winner, winner. I didn't even say his name for the, uh, oh my gosh, for the Sanderson, but Luke list is here at 8,400. Um, he pulled it out in the playoff against what felt like about what 15 ish people should have been more. Um, you have Andrew Putnam at 8,300. I think this is a complete misprice. If you ask me, uh, this is a guy who like halfway through last season, John Deere, he was what the third ranked golfer in the field. This is no, this is not a ridiculously stronger field than the John Deere in my perspective. So I'm very surprised he's only 8,300 um, last four years on this course, T12, T11, T58, T18. Um, that's a hammer for me. I love Andrew Putnam this week. I'm all over it. Like a bad smell. Let's see anybody else stick out to me. Um, I'm sure Jack would want me to say something about Christian Bezweden out and how his putter is here and, and all it takes is just a streaky week of puttering to win. I, I get it. You can go to him. It's not fancy and it's not really exciting for me, but like, I understand why you want to do it. I just don't, 
don't know. It just doesn't stand out for me. I mean, he was 51 at the Wyndham. He missed the cut at the three open last year. He, he He's fine. But again, I don't think he's winning an event like this this week. Uh, there's a few guys I miss near, but none of them really stand out to me too crazy. Vincent Norman's an interesting one. Um, he's the one that he won the Irish Open, which is the equivalent of like the players on the European tour. Um, what is that now? Two weeks ago. And so he's very highly priced because of that. I don't love it this week, and I, I think you can avoid him, but this, there's a reason why he's priced at this point. Um, and it's because of his recent form going into this. Um, Tom Hoagie also played in that same event about two weeks ago. He finished, I think, around 15th. Um, don't quote me on that. Don't be in the comments. Like, he actually finished the 13th, William. You were wrong. Uh, you get the point. Um, but, yeah, so that's why Vincent Norman's so high. Let's get into the, the 7K range here. We're going to start off up top with Garrick Higo. And we're going to scroll all the way down to, oh, my gosh, this 7K range is giant. Uh, Troy Merritt at 7,000 on the dot. Let's see. Let's see. All right. So we're starting off 7,800 with Doug Gim. Um, again, I'm not doing it, and I don't I, I don't need to go back to this well. He did decently at the Wyndham in the 3M going back to last, last season. And this is a swing season event, but I, I think you have better options around him. Um, kind of like the guy at 70, oh, he's 7,600. Um, he's going to come up as uh, Seung Hyun Kim, or as I, ca- I call him, SH Kim. Um, he is absolutely popping off right now. Um, so he was T4 here last year. He also finished second at the Fortnite a few weeks ago. His form is immaculate, and this is the kind of course that can really, really do well for him. Um, he's going to be just fine off the tee. He's, there's actually two opportunities I think he has to finish a go for drivers onto the green on par fours, knowing how, how I know this course um, and the research I've gone into it. So I think SH Kim is going to be one of the best options in the field, especially at 7,600. You're hearing me say a few of these names, right? Like Andrew Putnam, 8,300. SH Kim, 7,600. These are all guys you can put in the middle of your lineups. And then if you get one guy in like the like low 7K, you can sit there and be like, oh, cool. Well, now I can get, you know, Tom Kim and Ludwig or, I don't know, Tom Hoagie and Nikolai Hoyard or, or whatever the, the matchup is. But these are the guys that are going to crush it in the middle of your lineups. Um, so SH Kim, love him, 7,600. Uh, ben Griffin, he almost won last week until he choked it away. Uh, TikTok boy. That would have been a very obnoxious win. Um, all right. So I have to say his name just because he's here at 7,400. It's not Akshay Bhatia. Akshay Bhatia is fine. But again, his putter is a big question. He's like Aaron Rye or like um, Siwoo Kim. If their putters are here, they're going to do great this week. Otherwise, they all have chances to miss the cut by 100 shots. Uh, Taylor Montgomery is... He lives in Vegas. And a lot of you guys are going to be like, oh, gosh, we're going back down the Monty route. So this was the time of the year last year where Taylor actually popped off and kind of became a big thing. You'll remember that she started at Fortnite and they took a couple weeks off, came here to the Shriners, finished, like, I think seventh place. And this is actually a hometown event for him. So if he can't do it on a hometown event, then I'm, I'm not going to bet him anywhere the rest of the swing season. So having him in this spot at 7,400, I, I don't hate having him as like your fifth, potentially sixth guy um, in your DraftKings lineup. And I think this is this is the spot where you have to have a little bit of these uh, 
you know, you got to have the strong mind and just kind of look away on Thursday morning and try not to change him. Because if you can't do it here, you can't do it anywhere. All right. Uh, I mentioned Akshay. He's he's an option. He does the thing. Um, CT Pan's been interesting since he came back from injury. Um, it's not fancy. It's not flashy. Um, he did really well. Well, he did 64 at the window, and then he, I think he finished top 10 last week in the East Anderson. Um, he's not a long hitter. You don't have to be here. Again, so I'm okay with that if you wanted to go to him at 7,200. But the guy I liked a lot more right underneath him is Matthew Neesmith. Um, he's potentially my number one, maybe number two choice of the week um, at 7,100. His last four finishes here, T2, T14, T8, T18. This guy finishes top 20 here every year. Um, I highly recommend taking a look at his odds. Because you can get really good plus odds for top 20 or top 30. If you're like, eh, Liam, I don't know about top 20. Well, you know, what happens if he falls off? Throw him in a top top 30. Hell, I got his odds at top 40, and I like those as well. So you can even get him at top 40 then at, at a good number. I, I don't blame you. Go for it. He's probably going to finish top 20, but you can still feel safe about that. So I think Matthew Neesmith at 7,100 is, is, is one of my favorite options in the entire week. So, all right. Um, keep an eye out for a guy like Webb Simpson. He he withdrew a couple weeks ago. At 7K, he's dangerous in the sense that he can play really well and he has the experience to do really well. Um, but he he he's not guaranteed to play. I don't I don't love going to Webb Simpson and taking a chance on the fact that, you know, what's the likelihood he actually picks up the driver on Thursday morning and walks to the first tee? It's 50-50. Just gonna say it like it is. So, all right, we're going to go into the 6K range here. I'm going to do some dumpster diving for you. Uh, so we're starting off Nate Lashley, 6,900, all the way down to who in the hell are you? Craig Hocknell at 6,000 from Australia. Oh, yeah, mate, I got you. Um, all right, so we're going to start off. Where is he at? Harry Hall, 6,700. This is a putting extraordinaire. Uh, this is another guy who's from Vegas, so it's a hometown course for him. Um, he actually has a membership here, so he's played here before previously plenty of times. And his two starts here, he's finished T15 and T8. And you're telling me at 6,700, this can't be the sixth guy in your field? Again, if you're going Harry Hall on bottom, then Smith, then like Putnam, you, you can still get two guys on top of the lineups. And then another guy who's like a, I don't know, S.H. Kim. You can get like another SH Kim and get two more guys top of the lineup. There's so many good options if you just throw a guy like uh, Harry Hall into your lineup, and it makes it crazy valuable, in my opinion. Um, another guy I'll mention right here at 6,700, Joel Dahman. Um, He's not the, the the flashy play, and again, I feel like because of his, his introduction to Netflix and the amount of hype he's gotten, he's gotten a little overblown. Um, but it's it's faded, and I feel like he's, and now everybody doesn't really think about him as much. Last five years of this tournament, T37, T24, T58, T9, T69. Um, not flashy, but if he's your sixth guy, he's made the cut each of the last five years. Clearly, there's something about this course that does well for him. So I don't blame you if you want to go back down that route. Um, and again, I think I think you can you can plan for that made cut, especially if he's your sixth guy. Let's see. Anybody else in here stick out? I mean, there's Smotherman, 6,400. He's 
he's not the same smotherman I I rode into oblivion last year because he was cruising for me. Uh, Tano Goya, again, the guy hasn't made as many cuts recently, which so I'm kind of avoiding that. Uh, Jack's favorite guy on the planet here, Brendan Matthews at 6,000. Nice. Um, again, we joke a lot about Brandon Matthews here. The guy is holds the record for all the distance metrics on tour. Guy hits 350 yard drives. Um, but he's the kind of guy that's going to hit 350 yard drives directly into rocks and cacti, um, which just does not do it for me in this kind of an instance. Sorry, guys. I'm looking at this. I think Carl Yuan's p- potentially an option. Um, uh, it's not again, not flashy. Don't love it. Um, but he played well last week. So I don't blame you if you want to go back down that route. And then Jack would love me to say old man Stewie Sink. Uh, I think Stewie Sink's gonna be a gonna be a fun fun name in here because he's the kind of guy that's gonna play very decently. Um, he's playing he's been playing a little bit on the Champions Tour, but let's just go over his last six finishes: seventh, twenty third, thirty seventh, seventy fourth, sixteenth, and seventh. Now three of those are Champions Tours, three of those are PGAs, but they're all made cuts. Actually, that's a lie. Wyndham, on, Wyndham, when he finished 74th, was not a made cut. Uh, but he finished 23rd at the Open Championship. He's got two top seven finishes on the Champions Tour. And then he's got a T37 at the 3M. So the guy does not have horrible, basically, finishes coming into this tournament. So I, I, I have a gut feeling Jack would be all over Stewart, Stewart Sink, and that would be his kind of a guy. All right, we are going to go through this the best way I know how. Um, I'm going to list off Jack's lineups. Again, I don't know the logic necessarily behind all of his picks. Um, looking through a lot of it, him and I had a lot of the same reasonings. Oh, I see one guy here that I didn't talk about that he really liked. Huh. Interesting. Um, all right. But, but, but just realize this, this is what route Jack was going in. Uh, for DraftKings, Jack starting off Nikolai Hoyard, 9,600. Second, give him Adam Shank at 9,200. Third, get him Andrew Putnam, 8,300. Fourth, give him Christian Bezuidenhauer at 8,000. I told you he would like him, guys. Come on. I didn't even look at these beforehand, and I knew he was going to be all over Bez like a bad smell. Fifth, give me Davis Thompson, 7,800. And sixth, give me Eric Van Ruyen at 6,800. So those are his six in DraftKings. Um, If I'm being completely honest, those first three, love him. Davis Thompson and EVR? Uh, but there are, there are some options there for sure if you want to switch if you want to switch it up from him I should say um all right Jack going into his fan duel lineup he's got Nikolai Hoyard 11,600 Adam Shank 10,600 Christian Bezuidenhout 10,400 man I told you I knew he was gonna go best Davis Thompson 9,900 Scott Stallings 8,900 and Chesson Hadley at 8,300 wow he's going the Chesson Hadley route Okay, that's aggressive. Um, I don't know if I'd follow Chesson Hadley there necessarily, if that's me. But uh, I'm sure Jack likes him for a specific reason. We're going to go through my DraftKings lineup now. I'm starting off 10,900, Tom Kim. Second, give me Tom Hoagie at 8,700. Third, give me Andrew Putnam at 8,300. Fourth, give me SH Kim at 7,600. Fifth, give me Taylor Montgomery at 7,400. At six, give me Matthew Neesmith at 7,100. For my FanDuel lineups, I'm going to start off with Tom Kim at 12,200, Tom Hoagie at 11,000, Andrew Putnam at 11,300, 
S.H. Kim at 9,400, Matthew Neesmith at 8,400, and Harry Hall at 8,200. So, again, I had a lot of similarity between DraftKings and FanDuel, but I'm very, very on board with both Putnam, S.H. Kim, and even Hoagie and Hoagie and Kim as well. Give me the Toms as well, and Neesmith. Uh, so, really, it's a Taylor Montgomery versus Harry Hall bet for me, and hopefully one of the two in the mix cut. I'm going to go six for six, and I'm going to win. Everybody's money on FanDuel and DraftKings. All right. Um, going into Jack's bets, how many has he got here? Two, four, six, eight. All right. So he's going eight bets. Um, he's got, I've got a little bit of information about each of the bets underneath him. So he's got a Ludwig and Nikolai made cut parlay at minus 200. So when you combine those two together, um, it's an 81% combined cut rate, which pretty much gives you the free money. You know, if you're doing anything at 81%, four, four out of five times you're making that dough, uh, which we are here for. So I, I actually like that bet in terms of made-cut parlay. Uh, Chad Ramey made-cut minus 200. He's got a 59% made-cut rate. He missed the cut here in 2022 badly, but he's got three top 20s in his last five starts. So if anything's going to turn him around, it's going to be that recent form that he's got. Uh, third, he's got Akshay with a made cut at minus 225. He's made the cut on 18 of 27 events. He, he he looked okay last week. This was one where I was a little confused on Jackson. Uh, I thought that he he looked meh. Um, so there's potential for, for me personally to fade this. Uh, but again, if you liked Akshay a lot, a made cut at minus 225, that would be the number I'd put him at. I wouldn't go top 40. I wouldn't go fancy on it. Um, he's got Ludwig Auberg top 30 at minus 165. He looked great at the Ryder Cup and he's got an 89% made cut hit. Um, and he's been T30 in six of his last eight events. Um, he's got another bet for Nikolai Hoyard top 40 at minus 150. He also looked great in the Ryder Cup and he's got 75% made cut, uh, or 70% of his cuts made on his rookie campaign. Um, and when he's made his cut, he's hit top 40 in eight of his nine appearances. So if he's making the cut, he's probably getting you in that top 40. Um, he's also got Christian Bezuidenhau, top 40 at plus 125. He was T39 here last year and T6 last week. So again, that's a combination to just recent form as well as form in this in this type of a tournament. Um, he's got Nikolai Hoyard over Vincent Norman at minus 110. Uh, Norman was cut here in 2022. Last three finishes, average placement of 52.3. Now, again, that's not going to take into account the fact that he just won the Irish Open in the European Tour, which is why I think he's ranked this high, which they don't have in the statistics here. So it's a little bit skewed, but I understand where Jack's coming from. Give me Hoyard over Vincent Norman 10 out of 10 times. He's a better golfer than him. There's just no questioning it. Um, His last bet is Davis Thompson, top 40 at minus 115. He was T16 at the Sanderson. T30 at the Fortinet prior to the Ryder Cup. Guy's just coming in with really good form. Jack's going to ride that all the way to a top 40. All right. Sorry. I've been doing a lot of talking on this episode. I, I wish I could break it up for you a little bit easier, but we're just, you know, cruising along, trying to make things best. My bets for this week. I'm doing five. We got five bets going on. Uh, first one's going to be Matthew Neesmith, top 40 at minus 110. Again, I'm going to say his finishing numbers again, just to strike it home for everybody. T2, T14, T8, T18. I got his top 40 odds at minus 110. Free money. Thank you. I will take the double up. 
Uh, my second bet is going to be SH Kim top 40 at minus 130. My third bet is Nicholas Hoyard top 30 at plus 110. Uh, my third bet or my fourth bet is going to be Adam Hadwin top 30 minus 115. And my fifth bet is going to be Eric Cole top 30 at plus 120. So Eric Cole is another guy again. He's just been playing so well recently. I'm going to continue to follow that train. Um, and again, I had Adam Hadwin top 30 minus 115. He's only finished T10, T6, T34, and T4 here. So the guy's done great. All right. Wild card picks. Uh, Jack's got Eric Cole top 20 round one scoring at plus 340. And I'm keeping an eye on Joel Dahman top 30 at plus 225. So again, I can rattle off his finishes again, but he's got T37, T24, T58, T9, T69, and he's not coming in with the worst form of all time. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it. This is a combination of yes, I like Joel Dahman here, but also I want to see how he does in this type of a field because this is going to determine how much betting of Joel Dahman I do here in the next two and a half months. Basically, is the best way to describe it. So all right, this is very interesting. Um, I'm going to go over winner's picks here and then I'll let you guys go. I know I've just been yapping for the last, what, half hour probably. Uh, for Jack's winners, he's got two winners that uh, I liked a lot this week. He's got Adam Shank and Eric Cole. Um, they both have great recent form coming in. They both got great history in a course like this. And, they, and especially in Eric Cole's place, I love the play. I could get to him this week. I, I potentially might be saving them for later, like Honda. Or something like, well, I guess it's not Honda anymore. But, uh, you know, some of the Florida events he tends to do quite well on. Uh, but Adam Schenck and Eric Cole, I like both of them. For my winner's picks, again, I'm going to continue to hammer it home. Give me S.H. Kim. Give me Matthew Neesmith this week. I like both of them. You're not using them in other events. So this is a perfect kind of event to, to throw them into. You know, in other events, they're going to be the last guys in the field. You're not going to use your winner's picks on those kinds of guys. And that's really what I'm looking for this week. I just want I just want a guy that I know can finish top 20 in this kind of an event to get me to next week so that way I can win them again with not more guys like Sahith Tagalas or any of the other ones. So, all right. Um, I know this is a little bit of a different episode because it was just me running solo dolo. Uh, hopefully next week Jack's got a little bit more of a voice um, and he can hopefully hop on here and, and give a little more reasoning behind his picks. Next week we're going to the Zozo, so it's going to be another interesting field in terms of time frame. But I'm excited. We, we got golf slowly back, getting back into things. You know, football is still always going to take main stage. Um, but as we continue to get more and more into things, I'm curious how this uh, golf season is going to go. This is really kind of the start of the the new unforeseen golf season that we haven't anticipated before because of all the changes. So I'm going to follow along with you guys as long as you follow along with me. And uh, we're just going to keep on stealing DraftKings and FanDuel's money because I appreciate them for sending them out to us. So. Let's go out there. Let's win a bunch of money, and we will see you guys next week. Deuces.